The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are kicking off our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. We're going to start things off with the Guardian cards. This is part one of a four-part series. In this episode, we're going to take a look at Bandolier, Blackjack, If It Bleeds, Emergency Aid, and Prepared for the Worst. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular deck get a Blessed Token, while cards we believe are destined for the list of taboos or are simply bad for the game get a Curse Token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your reward. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Tritty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with another batch of reviews. This time around, we are going to take a look at the uh, cards in the Dunwich Legacy. It was uh, recently repackaged by FFG in a similar format to the Edge of the Earth. So you have the uh, Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion as well as the Dunwich Legacy campaign expansion. We are going to approach the Dunwich Legacy in a similar way to what we did from the revised core set. We're going to take a look at these cards primarily from the perspective of a new player. Perhaps you picked up the revised core and you are looking to play the campaigns in order. And so you have gone out and picked yourself up the Dunwich Legacy. We're going to talk a little bit about what you can expect, how these cards fit in with their revised core set counterparts. And we'll also touch on how these cards have aged over the past, at this point, five or six years since the Dunwich Legacy was released. We are going to use the traditional rating system that we used for the Edge of the Earth we're going to kick things off with Bandolier. It is a two-cost asset that has a combat skill icon item trait. You have one additional hand slot, which can only be used to hold a weapon asset. It has one health and takes up the body slot. So extra hand slots are very hard to come by, even uh, to this day. There is uh, not much competition for the body slot in uh, either the revised core set or uh, the uh, Return to the D or, or the Dunwich Legacy. There is a level two upgrade in the Return to the Dunwich Legacy, which is uh, actually quite nice. It gives you a, a willpower, uh, extra willpower if you are armed with a two-handed weapon. What do we think about uh, Bandolier? I like this card quite a bit, actually. I think for what it does, it's unrivaled. Like you were saying, there yeah. still aren't a lot of cards that add extra hand slots, and this is pretty much the only way Guardians have to get extra hand slots, and it's pretty good. It does provide a point of soak, worst comes to worst, too. So if you, you're at the end of a scenario and... You don't need that extra hand slot for whatever reason. 
you can just pitch this for an extra point of damage, which is nice. Yeah, that's true. Body slots are few and far between. You've got you've got this, you've got um fine clothes later in this cycle here. You've got leather coat from the core for survivor. So I think what the what um the bandolier kind of lets you do is it lets you if you're playing um Roland Banks, you can have your you can have a gun, you can have a magnifying glass, and you can have another gun or another magnifying glass. Kind of smooths that out. It does let you play a card that we'll talk about in a bit. Um, personal favorite of mine, along with a flashlight, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, any two-handed weapon. So Jenny might like this, for instance, because yeah. Jenny has her, her twin 45, so you can use the twin 45s in combination with Bandolier, yeah. which is nice. So. Lock, for lockpicks, for yep. example. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so like any class that like juggles hand slots can make good use of this. Even um, like Rex Murphy could use this to get an additional hand slot. I don't know what he exactly what he'd use it on, but I think the options are there. Like if you really want Rex Murphy to be able to use a machete, he could have like a magnifying glass, a flashlight, and a machete with mm -hmm. this. Yeah, so I think it opens up some options just to smooth things out. Yeah, or even just double magnifying glass and a weapon. Yeah, there you go. 45 automatic. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I have to say that uh, I've included Bandolier in, in many a Guardian deck, primarily if I'm using, in solo anyway, if I'm playing, say, a weapon that requires two hands and I want to include a way to investigate, like a flashlight and or a magnifying glass or something like that, uh, Bandolier is, is quite helpful in that regard. I have to say, while I've included it in a lot of decks, I'm not entirely sure how often I have been able to play it though. It is somewhat awkward compared to some of the other cards that give slots because those cards are permanent so they start the game in play on the table. Bandolier, you've got to go find it which in Guardian is not easy at this stage of the game. Guardians do not have a lot of card draw between the Revised Core and the Dunwich Legacy. There is really only one card that draws them cards, and we'll take a look at that uh, a little bit later in Taunt Level 2. But uh, So I find that sometimes you end up in these very awkward situations, especially if you're playing a two-handed weapon where it's like, okay, I've drawn my two-handed weapon and my magnifying glass. Which do I play first? And you're forced to choose one and then hope that you draw your bandolier sooner than later in order to play the other. And sometimes that choice is obvious. Say there's enemies on the table and you need to kill them. Obviously you play the weapon. Or you say, okay, well, I'm gonna, there's no enemies right now, so I'm gonna play the flashlight. Maybe wait till I draw another one-handed weapon or the two-handed weapon, and then see, and then of course you draw the one-handed weapon, so now, now the bandolier is kind of like, well, I don't really need the bandolier anymore. Mm -hmm. I've got a weapon and my flashlight. I guess I'll go without the, the two-handed weapon this time around. So it's not really a knock against the card so much as as just you, you can sometimes end up in these awkward spots where you need things to come out sort of in the right order in order for you to get the for things to line up properly. So if you can get around that, then, I mean, hand slots are hard to get, and this gives you one. So that's great. But uh, man, many, many times I wish this was this had been a permanent, similar to Relic Hunter or 
charisma or something like that. So you could dispense with all that concern about cards coming out at the right time and you just have a hand slot. You know, I think the fact that it that it can only hold weapons is a pretty important restriction as it is. So I don't feel like if they had made this a permanent, like maybe even just take away the, the health on it, you know, just make it a permanent that takes up a body slot and deals with weapons. I don't think that would have been overpowered, but who knows? I'd pay three XP for that in Guardian. If it was Guardian only, that'd be a nice little class feature of the Guardians is the uh, ability to spend three XP to have an additional hand slot. So in terms of, of longevity, really, Bandolier continues to be really one of the few ways you can you can add hand slots so picking up this uh, box for this card you're going to be playing bandolier right up till present day so it has held its uh, its value in that respect how would we rate this one mm, i'm kind of torn between a zero and a plus one or it's like it's not plus one worthy most of the time Pro probably practically all the time but when you do draw it in those right circumstances, like you have the weapon, you have the flashlight and the bandolier, you know, you've got all those things ticking, like you become a monster mm -hmm. with a really powerful weapon and you're able to get clues. That's really all you can ask for. I think as far as a rating goes, I'm going to give it a zero simply because I th think this is a card you really only play one of for precisely the reason that you would you had described earlier man from lang where you you draw the weapon but not the bandolier or you draw you know you draw the bandolier but not the other item so yeah it's just kind of an awkward card mm -hmm. and it's really never a card you can rely on having simply at this stage in the game there's just isn't enough ways to get it out in the field reliably yeah i think it's a zero as well i think the fact that it it smooths out a deck build that includes like say Roland Banks four or five guns two flashlights two magnifying glasses I think Bandolier fits right in there because if he's working with nine or ten hand slot items all of which are strong and all of which are solid and then you've got the Bandolier to kind of you know, even things out a bit I think the issue of needing things to come out in the correct order only really is nasty when you're doing a two-handed weapon if you're doing like a series of one-handed items, I think the bandolier just makes everything nice and smooth because you can have like a 45 automatic and a magnifying glass, and then you want to play a flashlight. Oh, you've got the bandolier, and then you can now have all three. And then I think it's much more much more smooth. Then you're not relying on you're not so much relying on things to come out in the right order. Yeah, I'd say it's a zero. It does what it does. I was torn between a plus one and a zero as well because I, I feel like this is a the type of effect that that guardians want and would include in a deck if it just did a little bit more if it resolved the whole timing issue i would have no problem giving this a plus one but as it stands in a class that doesn't have access to draw all that easily especially if you're like okay if you're playing roland banks he has access to seeker so he does have access to some draw there uh, Zoe Samaras, the other uh, the other guardian who, who is in the Dunwich Legacy, sort of has to. She only has five cards, so she could dip into Seeker for a draw if necessary. Yep. But 
I feel like she has better options in some of the other classes. So yeah, if it just wasn't as awkward as it is, I would be willing to go plus one. But as it stands, I think it has to go zero. The other sort of awkward situation you can end up with, end up in with this is when you do have your two-handed weapon and a, and say your flashlight on the table, and then you've got to take that point of damage, and then you're kind of like, oh great, now I'm losing, I'm losing my bandolier and something else, which never feels great. So, yeah, I was gonna say there's another issue too, and that's just guardians are always tight on resources. So your your forty five automatic costs you four, your flashlight costs you two, and that's already six resources, and then bandolier would put you up to eight, and then whatever else would be eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve resources. So like that's a lot of resources. You know you're often probably not going to be able to generate that amount of resources without the help of emergency cash or rogue cards if you're playing skids. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the other issue just becomes not only do I draw it, but do I have the time and the money to play it? Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, given the choice between this doesn't advance the board state like your weapon or your flashlight or magnifying glass does. This is, of the of the stuff you want on the board, this is more of a luxury. And so I think if you're short on resources this is the thing you're going to draw and be like, well, I can't afford to play it. So I'm going to commit it to something down the road. The next card that we are going to look at is Blackjack. It is a one cost asset that has a combat skill icon, the item, weapon, and melee traits. As an action, you may fight. You get plus one combat for this attack. If you perform this attack against an enemy engaged with another investigator and you fail, you deal no damage. Blackjack takes up a hand slot. So, Blackjack feels to me like a card that they looked at Knife and said, how can we make Knife objectively worse? And the result is Blackjack. Because it really doesn't do anything most of the time. I have seen investigators get hit by other investigators and I have seen that derail a campaign. When an investigator got hit by an attack they weren't expecting, that investigator died and it basically derailed the entire campaign going forward. Now that is a situation that can happen. This is not the card that fixes that problem though. Yeah. This just feels like there is an upgrade for this. There is a level 2 upgrade in the Return to the Dunwich Legacy box that does better, but plus 1 combat, no damage bonus, basically blank unless, you know, most of the time if you're attacking another investigator, people tend to be pretty risk averse, so they boost that attack as high as they can. So really the only token that can kill you is an auto fail. So this just doesn't do anything yeah i would say 11 times out of 10 just play overpower instead or 100 percent or, yeah, knife. or, play or knife. knife and the action that you would have spent playing the blackjack take that action bank it and take the engage action instead and then no problem you know mm -hmm. you, you, yeah then missing doesn't cause anyone to take damage yeah there that's a go. very good point 
don't play yeah. the blackjack just take an invade and, and engage action and you've you've solved the problem without spending a resource mm -hmm. and a card to do it and the investigator in the box likes to engage enemies that is this true is all true yeah, Zoe so, Samaras yeah. gets a resource every time she engages an enemy. So just engage the thing. <laughs> just, 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 the just do the engagement. <laughs> so long story yeah. short, we're basically telling you not to play blackjack. <laughs> do not uh, play this card. It is not good. It gets an auto fail. In fact, yes. this could be like the poster child for auto fails. A card that just essentially does nothing most of the time. Yeah. No not only that, but you know, we we can look at it as a poster child for an auto for an auto fail for what we would call a bad card. In that, okay, so it doesn't actually help you at all, like at all. All it does is help you not fail as badly. And that card slot could be a zillion other things that help you not fail the test at all. Like we were saying, overpower. Just play overpower instead. Survivor is very good for this. Lucky, live and learn. You know, these are all cards that help you not fail. Well help you after you've drawn a bad token and you fail see black it just doesn't do anything all it does is negate the cost of failure so instead just don't fail the test mm -hmm. and you don't need blackjack you know, there, yeah there are a few cards like this and just just don't play them <laughs> and if you're thinking like skids right like skids may want a cheap weapon but he's got he's got decent options once he upgrades into his rogue card pool and you could just engage and evade and yeah. then that's essentially problem solved for, yeah. for skids. And Roland Roland has guns, so I don't really even know if he would play Blackjack at all. You know, when you could, again, just engage the enemy and solve that problem entirely. Yeah, so... I think Blackjack might have been more interesting. We were talking before we started recording, you know, maybe if it, they had, if it was just an item that you had that prevented your attacks, if you failed from damaging the investigator now that would be interesting just as okay it's going to cost you a hand slot but if you are in one of those situations where you have no choice but to swing at a at an enemy engage with another investigator blackjack has you covered some people might be willing to pay a resource for that sort of ability but if you're swinging with blackjack you're going to do what one maybe two damage as it is so you know unless your fellow investigator has really gotten beaten up over the course of a scenario. One damage shouldn't kill them, but yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah. really, yeah, a card that does basically nothing is not uh, not something that you want to be uh, to be putting in your deck. Yeah, because this this card was created to solve a problem that doesn't need to be solved at all. And uh, unfortunately, as your card pool expands, you will see several cards several weapons the the guardians seem to receive one or two every cycle weapons that sort of try to do something and just kind of fall short in every regard especially when you start to compare them a to even just the basic weapons in the revised core set or some of the more or the upgrades that you start to see as the uh, the campaigns unfold so uh, this will not be the first time that you see a weapon that just kind of tries to solve a problem that does not exist the next card is if it bleeds it is a one cost event that has a willpower and combat skill icon it is fast play after you defeat a monster enemy 
Each investigator at your location heals horror equal to that enemy's horror value. Now, the value of this card obviously improves, potentially, in multiplayer. If you everybody's at one location, you happen to kill an enemy, a monster enemy, I should say, and everybody heals horror, that can potentially be quite good. Healing horror on every investigator is, is very nice. The thing I have to say about this card is that I took a peek at the revised card, the revised core set and Dunwich Legacy card pool. There are 17 monster enemies between the two sets. The vast majority have horror values of one. So if you dream of healing massive amounts of horror with this card, that is not going to happen. Most of the time, you're going to heal one, and that's about it. What do you guys think about this one? This gets a resounding eh for me. <laughs> yeah. At least it's, it's fast. Yeah, at least it's fast. If it had yeah. two willpower icons... Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> this would be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then it'd be like, okay, maybe I committed to a Rotting Remains, or maybe I kill something and heal horror either one of those could be decent but mm -hmm. as it stands this card is bleh yeah it's just, just it's very, very many baddies that it's worth using on because yeah and it's not a lot is not a lot yeah and it's just not an effect that you need that often yeah it is similar to say the the guardian card evidence from the the core set which yeah. you know evidence you kill an enemy any enemy no restrictions there you get a clue. That's valuable. Yeah, because you always want, pretty much always want clues. Yeah, you yeah. always <laughs> want clues. This one, you know, it sort of assumes, okay, somebody has taken horror that you want to heal in the first place. As far as and healing cards is, go, has... this is probably one of the, the less objectionable ones to me, simply because you are piggybacking that healing on something else. You do have to spend a card to do it, but at least you're not taking an action. Which is which is where a lot of healing cards come up short for me. I guess yeah. I don't know. Like to me, healing healing one horror, it just depends, right? Is it right? worth a card slot? Is like it worth you a sort card of slot? need everything to line up. It's just like okay, we're at the yeah. we're pushing toward the end of a scenario. We have everybody's sort of on about to go insane. A monster enemy shows up. Oh, I killed it, and everybody heals the horror. So now we can press on and and potentially defeat a scenario that we were in danger of losing. But, you know, there are only 17 monster enemies, but many of those enemies do appear in Dunwich Legacy scenarios. So, you know, you will have a chance to use it if you're just playing the campaign. Whether the effect is something that you want, I think, is the is the bigger question. And especially if you're only going to be getting one horror per investigator out of it. I think it's going to be tough to arrange that scenario where it's just like, haha, I've healed for horror. I just yeah. don't think that's going to happen all that often. How would we rate this one? I'm going to give this a tentacle. Like comparing this card to evidence feels, ugh. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like they do very similar things, but like you were saying, man, from like evidence doesn't have any restriction on what enemy you kill. And <laughs> getting a clue is always good is there a time when that's bad maybe <laughs> question mark but i mean yeah. and evidence has two of the same icon and evidence has two matching icons which yeah. is a thing that i always harp on is why why don't cards like this that have niche 
use cases have matching icons. If this had two willpower skill icons, I'd be willing to bump this yeah. up almost to a zero. That's how much yeah. I value double icons. But as it stands, this is a tentacle. It's don't play this. Yeah, I think I have to agree. That being, I mean, it does have. I would run this over first aid level zero for sure. Like if gun to my head, I have to take some healing. I would run it over certain other things. Just the fact that it's fast. I mean, the the alternative playing soak in the form of allies is usually not fast. So at least it does that. But if it was just two horror, heal two horror, then I think it'd be fine. It, it might be fine. It might be worth playing fast heal two horror after you defeat an enemy seems fine. But the fact that the horror is variable and you got to like set it up and nah, just tentacle. I am going to give this one an elder thing simply because it actually does something. <laughs> It will heal a horror in a pinch. I think it is like holding on to the elder thing by its fingernails, and if anybody just came along and breathed on it, it would uh, it would fall into tentacle territory pretty quickly. You'd have to make a pretty good case for why you're playing this. Like maybe you've played the campaign once already, and you're like, okay, we need a little bit more oomph in the horde in the sanity department maybe pick this up if you're if you're really worried but you know again it's it's a level zero card and i'm not paying paying experience for this so this is a choice that you've got to make like at the beginning of a campaign so i'm going to be generous and give it an elder thing because it will actually heal a horror if you defeat a monster enemy but you need a really good reason to to play this over some of the other uh, guardian cards that are available to you. Mr. Lang up on healing? Is this a first, Nate? It is so. actionless healing, yeah. though, so let's not get carried away. Oof. Speaking of actionless healing, what's next on the on the list here? Well, action full healing. Action full healing. We have emergency aid. It is a two-cost event that has an intellect and agility skill icon, insight, and science trait. Choose an investigator at your location, heal two damage from that investigator or from an ally asset he or she controls. So this is uh, this will cost you an action and two resources in order to heal either an investigator or an ally. This, I believe, is the first card that we've seen that heals ally assets, of which there is a very important ally asset in the Dunwich Legacy, that being... Uh, Ashcan Pete's signature uh, ally, Duke. Healing damage from Beat Cops is, or especially nice. Beat Cop level 2, is quite good. Uh, gives you your healing 2 damage and able to convert that into more damage dealt against enemies. Not a huge fan of having to take an action to do it, but what do you guys think? They've got Guard Dog as well. Yep. Yeah. So that's two allies that you could heal damage from and get more damage out of i mean it's essentially trading an action and two resources uh if you're healing those allies specifically for two damage later on which is pretty good i mean i'd be willing to pay a couple of resources and a card for that i think yeah it also just works and it can work on your friend mm -hmm. you know without having to set anything up uh, i'd play this again i'd play this over first aid all the time you know, mm -hmm. because it's just it's one action heal two damage 
So like if you're in a multiplayer setting and like someone's really hurting, like that two damage can really help them along. I gotta admit I like this over if it bleeds because you don't have to set anything up. Yeah, I do too. It's like yeah. well it is it is slow. It mm-hmm. will at least do what it says it does when you play it. And you're not relying on the encounter deck being in such a way and you killing an enemy and everyone being at that location and blah 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 blah. It's just like, nope, heal two right now. Yeah. And then yeah, the fact that it combos with cards you were gonna play anyway is sweet. Yeah. Like you just yeah. get added benefit on top of it. Pretty nice. Okay. Yeah. And you know, maybe you're playing with Daisy and Daisy eats a a grasping hands or something like that. Emergency aid pulls her out of the brink. Exactly. So how would we uh, rate this one? I'm going to give this one a zero as well. I think this one's okay. It's not plus one territory. I don't think it makes your deck better per se, but you know, if you're playing around with Daisy and you happen to be playing B-Cop and or Guard Dog, this is a solid pickup. I still think it's action full healings, which kind of limits it to like tentacle, not tentacle, sorry, uh, elder thing, I'd say. Huh. It, I like it over first aid. I like it over it if it bleeds, but I mean, it just does what it says it does, but it's still action full. And I think for so, me, what saves it is that you can heal your B cup and your, your guard dog. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, if you're healing B cups and guard dogs, yeah, there's that. Then there's actually like a nice proactive use for it. Nice proactive yeah. and synergistic use. That's true. That's true. I'm still, I'm still going to go Elder Thing, though, because you can do better. You know you can. Just play another guard dog. I'm going to give this one a zero, largely because this is one of the f- only cards we have at this stage that heals allies. That's. And I can't like True. if I True. don't like like I don't like first aid, like I would rate first aid say as an elder thing or even a tentacle. I can't remember what I gave it back in our corset reviews, but first aid is limited to investigators. This one at least gives you the option of allies, which I think is is valuable, especially for guardians who have two good allies in the revised core, and then they can pick up say brother Xavier in this one if they want to keep that willpower skill icon on the table they can heal him if they don't want him to detonate and kill kill everything on the table or kill something on the table I don't know how often I end up playing this card but I do kind of like the fact that it exists and that it does give you a way to heal heal an ally so certainly I like this a lot better than than if it bleeds for that fact hey, look at you up on healing mr lang i know I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf i guess yeah Whew. the final card that we're going to look at in this batch of reviews is prepared for the worst one cost event intellect and combat skill icons tactic trait search the top nine cards of your deck for a weapon asset and add it to your hand shuffle your deck so this card is i don't want to say it's an auto include in a lot of guardians but it is a definite one of in a lot of guardians simply because if you draw your opening hand and you don't find a weapon searching roughly a third of your deck is a very good way of finding one in a hurry 
it does take an action to do, so you have to take the action, find the weapon, then take another action to play the weapon. So it's not exactly fast in that respect, but if you need a weapon in a hurry or you have your eyes on a particular weapon, say one of the, the upgrades that you pick up with your experience points, uh, this thing will generally find it for you. The tactic trait is becomes relevant down the road once uh, Stick to the Plan comes out in the Path to Carcosa box later this summer. I guess the only really bad things, but there's not many bad things to say about this card. I mean, it does what it does. I guess the only thing is that it only targets weapons, so you can't fetch items with this that don't have the weapon trait. And when it whiffs, it feels awful. <laughs> that's <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's one of the worst feelings in the world and and seems to happen with an alarming frequency yeah oh my goodness i've like almost stopped playing this card simply because every time i play it it whiffs i don't know <laughs> what it is with my luck man but it is awful <laughs> i'll play like five weapons you know i give myself a reasonable chance to find one in the top nine now never He's never every bad. time i play it just gonna have to shuffle better, Nate. <laughs> just, just. We gotta start. We gotta enroll you in some uh, sleight of hand courses, you know, so you can <laughs> learn how to learn how to shuffle better. You know, to be to be fair, though, on. Nate also Nate, you also draw like a half dozen auto fails per game. So <laughs> yeah, once again, yeah. I think we I think some sleight of hand courses would be good for you. But like, oh, I'm gonna go release. A, is it an auto? Fail? Oh, look, it's another sign. <laughs> oh, what are the chances? <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna solve all your problems. Yeah. So I th so personally, I think the real um, power of prepared for the worst comes with XP cards, particularly like a really big gun, like a lightning gun, because it's almost as if prepared for the worst gets better the more XP you spend on your weapons, because prepared mm -hmm. for the worst will suddenly start finding stronger and stronger weapons, and I think that's that's the real power for it. If it's not ubiquitous, it's definitely like a consistent presence in most guardian decks, to, at least as a one as a single copy. Yeah, it's very solid. It's um, it's also really good in, early in the campaign when you only have like two weapons that you want. So you play two copies of each, and then you go, eh, I want to make sure I have them because I'm rolling banks and I need to have weapons to kill things. So you play prepared for the worst to make sure you you grab your machete and your 45 automatic. Kind of smooths everything out. So it's 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 good. It does what it does. It provides your deck with consistency, which is yep. one of the things that you absolutely need in this game because. Mm -hmm. You really need to hit the ground running. You know, if you don't find your weapon early, your seeker draws the, that enemy and they just kind of sit there and die while you yeah. struggle to find your weapon. Yeah, a lot of the time this is going to be sort of your sixth weapon in the deck. Yeah. That mm -hmm. It's obviously slower than the other five, but if you, say, run a gun, I think this might have been actually played a lot more during sort of the revised core Dunwich Legacy because there just weren't a lot of options in terms of weapons so if you were playing say two machetes two 45s i mean outside of that the quality of the weapons drops off precipitously as we have seen with blackjack and things like knife where you don't really want to be packing those so this yeah. this arrives on the scene at just the right time where you can find those weapons and it does obviously get better like you said, catastrophic. when you start to upgrade those weapons into bigger and badder guns and, and knives and, and whatnot. So 
uh, or the lightning gun, which is in, in the Dunwich Legacy. Finding that lightning gun quickly is very good, especially, and I think this one also works well if you have guns. So because most guns have limited ammo, especially at the beginning of the campaign, before you have had a chance to pick up extra ammunition from the revised core set, my gun is empty, I need something in a hurry, prepared for the worst, sort of fills that void until you can get the extra ammo to to find another weapon quickly. How would we uh, rate this one? This is a very solid plus one staple card. I mean, yeah. if you're playing Stick to the Plan, this is one of the three cards on Stick to the Plan. And within the confines of just the core in Dunwich... You know, there just aren't a lot of good weapons, and having this card find what little good weapons you do have is really, really helpful and really critical. You know, unlike Blackjack, this card actually solves a problem the Guardian class had, which was uh, finding their weapons. Yeah, which is what happens when they don't draw their weapons, that's true. Yeah, I'd also give this one a plus one. Um, its only downside is that you know, if you've already found your big gun, it kind of turns off. It doesn't have good icons, so you're kind of it can be a dead draw if you've already found the weapon. But yeah, in the in the core Dunwich Legacy environment, yeah, this it's very very good. I also like it a lot in Skids because he has his own way of um, kind of negating the action loss. You know, with his ability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he plays prepared for the worst. He grabs his um like his his derringer. And but because he skids, he's going to get more actions per game. So the the fact that prepared for the worst cost in action is less of a thing, is less of a problem for skids. It's also worth noting that both Zoe Samaris and Roland Banks are very focused on killing enemies, or you know, so they need their guns. This one gets a, a plus one from me as well. Usually, I play at least one copy, just sort of as a uh, an emergency button in case I haven't drawn either one in my opening hand or something I've run out of ammo or something like that. I'm always happy to see prepared for the worst in that case. I agree with you, Matastrophic, that the icons on this one aren't particularly good, and I think that's the case with a lot of the cards in the Dunwich Legacy. They were still tweaking at this stage of the game, like, what icons do we put on these cards? You've got cards like evidence that have two of one kind and generally those are better than a lot of these cards where you end up with one in one and while like if you think of the card from a thematic standpoint like prepared for the worst what icons should it have well it should have combat and intellect that's a good combination from a thematic standpoint but from a an actual playing the game standpoint they tend to, they feel like they come up short a lot of the time. And it's just like, well, I'm not, I need to commit something, but I wish I had something a little more meaty. So if you're really concerned about the icons, make sure you pack enough skills because those are your, those are really your ticket at this stage of the game. That's going to do it for our look at the first batch of uh, Guardian cards in the Dunwich Legacy. If you have any uh, comments or questions, make sure you leave them in the uh, in the comments down below, and we will do our best to answer them. Any final thoughts about these uh, this first batch? These feel like a very natural extension of the core set box. You know, very straightforward cards that, in some cases more than others, solve 
problems that were with apparent within the Guardian card pool. And, you know, in the case of Prepare for the Worst, it does a pretty good job at that. Blackjack, yeah. not so much. Yeah, and it's, it is, I do admit, even though I rated them very badly, I do appreciate that there is a horror healing and a damage healing card both in this both in this box at level zero. That's nice. Even though the cards I don't think are very good, it's nice that they that the Guardians received both of them. So you can kind of target your problem. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.